Hey everybody, Jim Samus here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Although I'm having water today. Hope you're all doing good. Hope you had a good weekend. Of course, our shows are all brought to you by Seaguard, Jackson Kayak, Warner Paddles, Standard Horizon, Yak Attack, Siegler Reels, a Band of Anglers, Ray Marine, and Coquitat. All these great sponsors have uh, kept us on the air for 11 years. So anybody who's new to the show, we do these shows every Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, Tuesdays being our Jackson Kayak years, Thursdays being the Ocean Kayak years. Basically what we do is we air our old episodes and uh, have some live commentary answer any of your questions. So if you do have questions, please shoot them our way. I'm happy to whether it's about the episode or the location or anything about kayak fishing in general. Always happy to talk kayak fishing. Uh, today, we are continuing our trip to uh, North Carolina. And this week, uh, or last week, we were um, fished offshore, uh, did the AJs, and uh, of course, Will got one Cobia, um, but had a fantastic trip out there with uh, Bobby Brewer and Brooks Beatty. And this week we're continuing that trip. This time we're in Oriental, uh, North Carolina and uh, fishing the inshore. So trying to find those uh, big red fish that the area is known for, as well as do a little striper fishing. So um, very cool place. Uh, last week, our guest was Bobby Brewer, uh, bald-headed Bobby. Uh, com, who is a guide uh, in North Carolina. Um, Brooks Beatty was supposed to be our guest this week, as well as Bobby. And Brooks, I'm going to beat him, Beatty, uh, canceled on me. So, uh, but thankfully, my buddy Bobby is here with us once again. Bobby, how are you? Good, Jim. How are you doing today, buddy? Fantastic. Baldheadedbobby.com. There we go, man. <laughs> you know, I was looking at your uh, at your website. Um, you know what? I'm going to bring it right up here. Bald-headed Bobby Guide Service. That, that. <laughs> that one, man. I don't know, I man. Sunglasses. I need my sunglasses, as you can tell. Yeah. Where's the necklace? Do you have that on? No, I don't have it on, man. <laughs> so, um... I don't think you were full time guiding when Not, we met you. Yeah, and actually, when I when we did the shows, I'd actually just got my captain's license, Coast Guard captain's license. I was just getting started doing it. So it's been uh, seven, seven or eight years now since we did the show. Yes. So it is, like I said, it's bob, baldheadedbobby.com. So I thought we would, uh, before we run this episode, maybe you could tell us a little about uh, what you're doing, what, what your guide service is all about. Uh, if somebody wanted to come fishing with you, you know, what, what would you, uh, what do you offer? I mean, and I see you have quite a bit of stuff on this website, yeah. the inshore and uh, near shore. Actually, there's Will. There we go. There's Will and <laughs> Cobia, man. Will with that Cobia. <laughs> Will on the right, right there. Will and his, he told me I could use the pick, man. I, I had, a, I called him up and asked him. He said I could use that pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but what I do, I mean, I, I'm, I live in Oriental. And then we fish, I fish probably about a, um, on a constant basis, probably a 50 mile radius of here. So, so in Oriental, it's the brackish waters where the rivers hit the sound. So the sound, we're on the backside now of the Southern Outer Banks is where we're fishing. 
And we've got, you know, redfish, trout, flounder, most of your common in, inshore fish, inshore uh, fish. And then we'll go out to the ocean. We'll shoot down the intercoastal waterway, go out and catch the cobia, uh, the file salvacore, the Spanish mackerel. And then also what you're seeing right there is that's the Roanoke River. That's about two hours north of here. That's where the Albert Marley Sound, it, it comes in from the Albert Marley Sound and the, and the stripers go up and they spawn up there. And so in April and May, we're up there for, uh, we're up there fishing. And it's, it's not uncommon to get 50 or 100 stripers when we're up there. Now on this, on, on this show, we're going to show you, we do a lot of topwater. We actually don't do very much topwater up there. We use a lot more live, live bait up there or, or fly fishing. And then also, I, I do. I take people to different destinations. Um, we've we've got the, the mountains. I actually grew up in East Tennessee, uh, in the mountain area, and so I take people up fly fishing for brown and rainbow trout. So I host trips up there two or three times a year. And then uh, we were this the next year in 2021. We're going to be hosting a hosting a trip down to the down to the Florida Everglades, 10,000 Island area. So that'll be May. We got uh, two different groups of six going down to that. And I'll actually be down there in October doing some fishing down there. And then I've got a couple more trips in my head that I've got to, uh, you know, that I got to put together now for uh, for a couple more destinations. So we'll do a destinations for three years, four years, and then we'll grab another destination. Just kind of keep the, keep the offering fresh. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, a lot of lot of information on the website, and uh, like I said, uh, if people are looking for it, it is baldheadedbobby.com. Um, tell us a, tell us a little bit about. Um, Oriental about the the area. I mean, I remember it. I said it was quite a quite a few years ago, and I don't have the best yeah. memory in the world, but I remember yeah. it being a really cool, unique destination. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's real. It's pretty pretty rural. Um, basically, the rivers from the inland of North Carolina come down, and this is where the Noose River hits to the Pamlico Sound. So the the area here is brackish water. Um, very small little fishing village, sailing village. There's only about 900 people here. And so you're in San Diego, you got a traffic light at every corner. So here in this county, we actually only have two traffic lights for the entire county. Wow. And, then, and, and so it's uh, very rural. Um, but on the flip side, we're, we're on the intercoastal waterway. So it's just, uh, you know, four or five little restaurants, a couple of hotels, very small, very quaint. So just a relaxing place to go live. Very cool. So if people have questions or, or anything like that, please, you know, bring them on and we are happy to answer any questions. Maybe you can uh, answer this one, Bobby, right off the top from right. Carlos. Any idea what that is? <laughs> <laughs> I, th I figured I'd throw that one to you because I don't know what he's saying. The answer to that is yes, we can do that. <laughs> we hope. Um, I don't know what I just agreed to. Yeah, what did you agree to? <laughs> Gene Wilson, how are you? Thanks for joining us. As uh, as you often do, I really appreciate it. Eric, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Liam, watching from the uh, Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel. And uh, Gene says, sounds like a wonderful area, Bobby. Uh, now you you said you uh, how long have you lived in that area? You, you said you weren't born there, but you've been living no, there no. for a while. So, yeah, so I live like it was my corporate America job. I lived my wife and I lived up in Raleigh, and uh, we bought a weekend place down here, 2006, something like that. And we were weekenders, and then uh, then actually when you came down, right when we did the shows, when we moved down here full time. So I've been living down here full time for about seven or eight years now. That's right. I think seem to recall that you were like commuting or yeah. Something. We were. 
Yeah, we were. In fact, when we did the shows, I mean, I, I, how we got kind of got hooked in with each other is I was on a Sunday morning and I DVD'd your show and I was watching it. And then I just said, well, man, I can do that. And so I just got on the Internet and found your email address, your, you know, just emailed your thing and sent you some pics and said, hey, man, come down and fish with me. And um, that night at dinner time, my wife says, you know, to hurt from anything. I, I just checked and you said, man, let's let's talk tomorrow. And then so me and you and Will talked the next day. And then you said, well, man, that's a long way for me to come. Can we do two shows? And I said, yeah, we can do two shows. I'm not clueless about what we we're going to do, but we could do them. And, but we got uh, so much support from the area. You know? We did. Um, both the, both the Oriental and the Crystal Coast, you know, supported you greatly to come down here. Yeah, yeah. that always makes it a lot easier because, uh, you know, just travel and everything else is uh, is not cheap. And then getting guides and boats and, you know, yeah. camera boat and everything else, everything else involved. So um, there was another. <laughs> uh well, Bill Edwards, I, I I will throw this one up there. Have you noticed a decline in quality and customer service at Jackson Kayak? Um, no, honestly, um, I think what you're you, you you're seeing basically is everybody ran into problems with COVID. You know, all of a sudden you're having customer service people all having to switch from working in the office to having to work at home, uh, having to reduce the number of staff you have in the facility um from production so production has gone down um yeah i mean there there were definitely some issues initially when just having to learn a completely way different way of having to run your business but the quality of jackson kayak is still the top uh i know they did have some issues with some boats um because the boats themselves get in a bit of a hurry to you know get boats out um but i know that every issue that they've had has been addressed and if there was a hiccup in quality i think you will see that come back into line um, we've had a lot of meetings this last couple of weeks with my contacts there and they are they're aware of any issues that they've had uh they're oh, aware of any complaints which have well quite honestly some of the complaints kind of snowball you know and the complaints aren't nearly it the perception across the internet you know is is not is much worse than the facts so but customer service is fine um they have got that back in line they are getting back to people um like i said and they just had to figure out how to set up where everybody's working from home um so i think that's where people weren't getting back to people and that's where any kind of issues were but you know like i said you know, I Jim, i've got several sponsors and in, in, in great companies and they've been struggling a little bit too just exactly what you said i mean on the manufacturing side they've had to shut down then we come back and somebody might get COVID, then they shut down again and some of them are just far behind on their on their outputs right now and there's yeah to i mean i mean and you can look at basically and jackson kayak is cranking boats out right now and they can't keep up mm -hmm. um and that's another problem is because everybody's at home a lot of people wanted to buy kayaks yeah and that is across the board that's with every single kayak manufacturer i was looking at at one of the brands um i don't remember which one it was 
because it popped up on my screen and I didn't really know who they were. And they're just like out of stock on everything. And I mean, and I, that's across the board. That's with every kayak manufacturer. So I think everybody is having the same sort of problems. And I think you just got to be patient. You know, I think we all just need to take a deep breath and just realize that everybody's kind of running into the same issues and just be patient and it'll get better. It'll get better. So uh, one more comment here. Um, cool live stream watching from Long Island, New York. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Stay to my boat in Oriental when I cruise to Florida and back. Yeah, so we're right on the intercoastal waterway. So in the winter to, you know, in the November time frame, there's a lot of people going from, you know, north to south down to the islands and then just the opposite in the in the springtime. This is a good stuff, a stop-off point for a lot of people. Okay, so for, for my folks, you know, the followers we have out here in California. What's an intercoastal water? <laughs> yeah, what is, what is the intercoastal waterway? I mean, we don't have anything like that. Us, you launch out of the bay and you go offshore and, yeah. you know, and you, you hop your way into harbors. We don't sure. have anything like the intercoastal. I mean, so the intercoastal waterways is a series of, of natural rivers, natural waterways, and in some cases dug, you know, I'm going to say ditches, but that's not, they're, you know, a lot, not nicer than that. But so the, the Noose River here, we, there was, they may be a, a, a creek or, now when I say a creek, some people think of a creek you could jump across. I mean, the creeks out here in front of my house right now are 200 yards wide. So they're, they're pretty big and they'll be 14, 15, you know, foot depths to them. And so boats pass and, and it goes, it goes up and down the East coast. So it'll start up, up in the Northern part and then come all the way down the East coast, all the way down into Florida and then on the, on the West side of Florida. So this is a, it's a passageway for boats so they don't have to get out in the ocean. Is it dredged? Yeah. I mean, it's deep. I mean, some of them take the natural rivers like out here in the Noose River, it's, it's 20 foot deep, but then there's some areas between here and, the, and Moorhead city where we did the show, you know, we talked last week that are, that are dredged some so that it can have the, the width and the depth from it. Yeah. But it's just a highway. So water highway goes from uh, the North to the South over on the East coast. So basically you can stay in there in that protected water, not have to go offshore. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Does it, I mean, it literally doesn't go from North Carolina down. No, I mean, I guess, did exactly. you stay in, inside that whole way? Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly where it starts. I know it starts uh, maybe in, I don't know Maryland, somewhere up into there. It starts north of here, though. I'm not sure okay. how far it goes. But yeah, it's continuous all the way down continuous, to, to Florida. Continuous all the way down. Continuous oh, okay. all the way down. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So that, there's, I, there's, I've just seen small sections of it in our travels, but I've yeah. never really explored as to how big it actually was. So. Yeah. Like I said, for, for people on the West Coast, we don't have anything like that. So yeah. uh, it's yeah, very cool. knows where it starts in the north part. I don't know exactly where it starts up there. <laughs> so without further ado, actually, I need to share this because I because I brought I can only share one screen at a time here. So I gotta need to bring this up now. There we go. So with no further ado, let this is part two of our trip. This is uh, the Kayak Fishing Show season five, episode six. And remember, we're on season 11 now. So this was our very first year uh, with Ocean Kayak. And this is one of the no, very early with ones. Jackson, with Jackson. I, yeah, with Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get confused. So here we go. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we are in Oriental, North Carolina. 
we're chasing after some big bull reds. A little bit windy today, but we've seen some fish. I think we're gonna get them. Brown. <laughs> show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak, one family, many waters, Shark Shield, the world's only proven and tested shark deterrent technology, Ram, innovative mounting systems proudly made in the USA, Ex Officio, made to adventure, Seagar, trust Seagar when everything is on the line, and Hook One, everything you need to get out there and hook one. This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim travels to Oriental, North Carolina. He's hooked up with Brooks Beatty and Captain Ashley King to fish for striped bass on topwater lures. I'm Brooks Beatty. I work with Jackson Kayaks. I manage our fishing pro staff along with uh, do some marketing work for the fishing side of our company. Today, the guys were supposed to throw for red drum, but with the wind up on the flats, the guys have had to make a change of plan. Luckily, Captain King always has a plan B and takes the guys to one of his secret spots. Uh, gotta have some flexibility here. We got blown off the water. Very, very windy this morning out off the beach. So uh, Ashley said he uh, knew of a spot where we might be able to get on some stripers. So uh, came in here, as you can see, it's much calmer. It's absolutely beautiful. So hopefully we're gonna go out and get them. Just a pitch around my feet. Today, uh, top water stripers. Uh, plenty of stripers around here and the bite's been really good and as, as Mr. Jim told you we're uh, falling back to plan B so hopefully this works out for us. Man we are oh <laughs> I tell you what's going on man she crushed it they said you stop and listen, you hear whistle in the distance and a rumbling coming from the ground. These are some super fun fish. Yeah, to get blown off of our original spot and then get to come and do this. Says something about the fishery here. This Woo! is not a bad plan B. No, not at all. <laughs> is that on the whopper plopper again? That's on the whopper plopper. Lean and mean, I tell you what, absolutely crushed it. That was too fun. Right there, standing up in my Jackson. Oh, yep, you're good to go, fella. Right on. <laughs> yeah. 
Got hit, got hit, got hit, and I finally got one to stick. Fun little fish, man. Awesome. Let's get it back in the water. Oh man, we've been getting some good fish. Uh, striped bass on the uh, on the splasher, on the uh, walking the dog. Good fun fishing here, man. There's so much fishing here in North Carolina and Oriental. What a great place. I got to get back to it. So when we come back, the guys keep casting for more striped bass as they wait for the wind to lay down so the Reds can come out to play. And there we go, another top water bot. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. Is there anything better than top water? No. <laughs> I'd rather catch one or two top water than 10 you know, other ways. They, it's just so exciting, man. Yeah, and they said Brooks was throwing that whopper plopper. I think that was probably one of the first times I'd ever seen it in use. And I had that old Sabeel splasher, which, you know, we, we work with Band of Anglers, which is Patrick Sabeel's newer company. But the splasher was from when his old company, which is Sabeel Lures. And... That thing, although it was a, a popper like this big, it would throw water like five feet out in front of it. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've got them. I, so, so it's interesting. I didn't know about either either lures prior to the show, and I've got both in my box now. I mean, we use the, I use the Sabil, the the splasher for top water for these big drums that we'll hopefully we'll see one here in a minute. But then the plopper whopper, two or three of the tackle shops here are, whole, are stocking them now because of you know, Brooks coming down here and catching them on there. Yeah. It's just anything that was really making, you know, the, the whopper plopper, you know, it's, it does that plop, 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 plop. And just leaves a, a foam trail behind it. Yeah. The splasher, what I liked about the splasher um, is again, it's not real big, but it throws so much water. Yeah. It casts really well. It's a, a lot of times when you get splashers or poppers, to get a lot of water thrown, they also have to be very big. Yeah. And in a kayak, it's so much resistance, your kayak actually starts moving towards the popper and it does it's not as effective that way. But that's why I love that one because it was it was that perfect combination of a good size, not a ton of resistance, but still threw a bunch of water. Yeah, that 120 is that 120, that splash of 120. Like I said, I've got them, I'm using them today. I have them in my box for these old drums. And as a guide, that plopper whopper is so easy because anybody, all you have to do is reel it in and that back tail spins. So you don't have to be a skilled angler to use that that lure at all. Yeah, chuck and wind. That's it. That's chuck it. and wind. So yeah. Yeah. I think we had another comment on here. Michael Callow, those stripers, are they a freshwater fish, Jim? And how big do they get? Explain stripers if you can, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, so what happens is there's there's kind of some different stripers. There's stripers that are in the ocean, and then they'll come in, they come in fresh water and they actually spawn in the fresh water. So these that we actually that we were catching are not those. The 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 ones that are saltwater fish, they'll get 40 and 50 inches and then they'll come in and spawn. 
And that's when the picture we saw, the ones earlier, we talked about my website, that's the ones we're looking for up in Weldon. But these are local ones and, and they'll, they're local here. So ours get up, the, a big fish here for us might be 30 inches, but 30 inches on a top wire when it explodes, that's still uh, quite a fish. And ours will go upriver inland into Raleigh, which is up like 175 miles away upriver and they'll spawn on the way up through there. So, so some are inland fish and some do, do migrate from, from the saltwater in. Right. And they are actually, uh, we actually get stripers here. Yeah. Um, it's very rare, but more a little bit north. Uh, we'll get them in the surf. Mm -hmm. And then there's actually some lakes that yeah. are landlocked lakes that have stripers. Yeah. So they, they will do saltwater, brackish water and freshwater. So they're, they're a very, very interesting fish and always a, a great fight. You know, actually, they're hard fighting fish. They're hard fighting fish with an attitude, man, which makes them fun to catch. I I did striper fishing um, in New Jersey. Yeah. So offshore. offshore weirdest, yeah. weirdest. I, I, I don't think I would do it again um, the way they fish because I, it didn't really appeal to me that much. But it was, a, it was such a weird way of doing it. You, you'd have a weighted treble hook, big mm -hmm. one, like a mm -hmm. big old grappling hook. Yeah. And you would chuck that out into a big school of Menhaden. Yeah. And, and snag rip it until you snag a Menhaden. And then you just let it soak out there and just flounder around. And then a striper would come and eat it yeah. on that yeah. big. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather catch them on top water. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do that for cobia. What you just described—you snag a, you snag a manhead and let it fall down below the bait ball, and then you'll either here you'll either catch a, a shark or a cobia. But I got some information for you, Jim. I looked up on Wikipedia, which is the which is we, we now know what the intercoastal waterway is. It starts in Boston, Massachusetts, and ends three thousand miles later in Brownsville, Texas. Wow. Yeah. I had so, no idea. I had no yeah. idea. So down, so it starts in Boston, ends in almost Mexico. How to do that is just a non-stop paddle sometimes. You ought to. There you go. <laughs> That'd make there a good show. <laughs> and fish all along the way, man. Fish the whole way. All right. Well, let's uh, see the next segment of the show. Fishing for striped bass and big red fish on the flats. The guys have arrived and immediately hit the water with Captain Ashley King from Keep Casting Charters. Almost as soon as they got lures in the water, the stripers started biting. We had to go to Plan B today, get out of the wind, took us to a nice calm area, and he said, you know, if you guys want to have some fun, surface action on stripers, I can probably get you on fish. So we got out of the wind, came over here, and... We were whacking him. <laughs> that was your lure. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, there's a fish going that way. <laughs> He's going to jump in your boat. Watch out. You oh, you still got yours on. He's yeah, angry. There was a bunch of fish busting oh. right there. Yeah. That was wide open. I'm going to come toss one at you. <laughs> right on. That is so fun. The old splasher. Not much better than that. See these things hit it on the top like that. Does it hang there? Swim. There he goes. <laughs> so much fun. Surface action. Ashley put us in the right spot today. Got us out of the wind to have some really fun surface popping on these stripers. Totally not something we planned on doing. 
that's why it's always a good idea to have a backup plan. Bring, you know, if you're planning on big fish, always bring light gear with you. So you just have the ability to go do different stuff. Awesome. Well, I had, uh, it come down out here some, the wind had dropped. And I was throwing the spook, a little bit more subtle presentation. And as soon as I did that, Jim was throwing this big popper or uh, popping bait and making all this ruckus and got bit on it. So I said, well, that throws that theory out the window. I pull out my uh, whopper popper here and it's it's got a, as you can see there, it makes a good bit of ruckus on top of the water. And as me and my buddy back home says, they love that sound, but they hate that sound. Of course, he shows him there with a spook. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful spot, man. <laughs> like we said earlier, there's no doubt about it. When they want it, they just take it. They come and get it. That's fun. Nothing like getting fish on top water. This week while fishing in Oriental, we did a lot more uh, flat style fishing, not as big a water. So we were fishing on the, on the Jackson Kayak Cuda 14. We had to paddle a lot of miles, so we had a good paddling boat, but standability, stability was a big part of what we were doing, particularly when uh, targeting the stripers. Uh, the cool thing about this boat, high low seat position. So even for me, who I don't stand up a lot, at least that gets me in a little bit higher position for kind of sighting the fish and seeing the stumps that were down in the water and all that. Uh, Brooks, I know you're, you're the stand-up guy. Why don't you, you point out the, the features that make this thing so cool for that? Right on. Well, the, the high position makes it a lot easier to get up and down standing um, from the high position versus from the very bottom of the kayak. Also, any kind of windy conditions or anything, you can use the stand assist handle to, to get up and get down. Really getting down is, is a whole lot harder than, than the standing up part. Also, one thing we forgot to mention, of course, the Jackson kayaks come complete with the Ram rod holders. They have Ram balls on there. You can put the Ram rocket launchers on there. And they're also great for just mounting your cameras and such. So that's the boat we were using here on Crystal Coast, North Carolina. Check it out. Stay tuned. When we come back, the guys have a chance to check out Oriental, North Carolina and hit the water to fish for Big Bull Reds. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Hook One. Everything you need to get out there and hook one. So I, I will say this. I know we, we said we were talking about the CUDA there. Uh, they all used to come with ram balls on them. Uh, I was never a fan of ram balls. Uh, they're great for things you are like cameras and light stuff that you're articulating. 
but for any kind of heavy gear, I was never a fan. Um, and I mean, Bobby, you actually had one break on you. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, yeah, that was when we did Amberjacks. That was, you know, two, few days earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're using a little bit heavier gear, uh, like I said, they're fine for really light stuff, but uh, for bigger, heavier rods, offshore stuff, I really don't recommend anything that's got a ram ball on it because they have a habit. It, it just seems like you can never get them tight enough. And they would have a habit of just sagging. You know, just from moving as, as you're paddling the kayak, it would start to sag. And the next thing you know, you turn around and the rod holder's like this and your rod's going out. So, um, yeah, they, they were a great sponsor of ours. And they are no longer a sponsor of ours. Um, but, like I said, I love so much of their stuff. I have their uh, several of their items on my, uh, on my boat. Uh, I've got one of their X holder things for my cell phone in my sprinter and also in our boat but for the the ram balls for heavy fishing gear i would just avoid so i just wanted to throw that one out there uh bill edward says he loves all size of the old plop which plopper. it is it is the whopper plopper that's it yeah not not the plopper whopper it's the Whopper, 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 Whopper. <laughs> and it is, and I, I have, I have several of them here and I used to throw them quite a bit as well, uh, just cause they do just make such a, a, they're actually very good for like, um, and I think that's what they were designed for was pike and muskie, yeah. uh, because they kind of seem like a bird taking off on the surface. So uh, I tell you, I use them for redfish, for uh, sea trout. I mean, I use them for anything here top water. They're great. They're great. So, so I don't know if it, so the, that first day when we were going to try to get the old drum, the big old giant redfish, we kind of got blown off. I was having a little bit of boat problems. So Ashley took you guys up there and he went fishing. So I called him up and I, while he was, you know, he was on the head wheel on his boat filming it. And I said, Ashley, tell me it's going good up there. And he goes, I said, have you caught anything? And he goes, we just got one. He goes, I'm going to tell you what, that's the prettiest fish I've ever seen too. So <laughs> for us, it was a little stressful because you guys came from Canada, from California, and there's a little bit of money thrown in and we're trying to, it was on us to produce at that point. Is, uh, is he still guiding in the area? He is. Yeah, he does a great job. I had actually had lunch with him. He and I were side by side Saturday over at, uh, at, a, at a restaurant here that you ate at just with our clients that we had out for the day. Yeah. He's, he's oh, super, cool. super nice guy. He was, he was a lot of fun to fish with. Yeah. Uh, we got downtown D checking in from Texas. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And Michael Callow, um, who I believe is in Australia, uh, aggressive fish, good fighters, fresh and salt water. Couldn't ask for more. Yeah. Is said anything that hits top water? You gotta love. And Filipina angler saying aloha watching on kayak fishing tales so with no further ado let's keep her rolling did i hit the button <laughs> oriental north carolina they're home away from home for a few days first stop the silo restaurant for a bite to eat uh, the town of Oriental is about uh, 900 people sitting right on the Noose River where the, like, uh, where the intercoastal meets the Noose meet, and that all meets the Pamlico Sound, uh, called the, cap the sailing capital of North Carolina. 900 people, about 3,000 boats down here. Uh, even though it's the sailing capital of North Carolina, there's a lot of great fishing down here. 
Uh, it's an old uh, fish town, old, old timber town, old fish town. Uh, we've got abundance of guys, we've got abundance of fish. Yeah, I tell you, it's ironic. The reason I came down to Oriental, my wife and I were looking for a, a second home, and we'd heard about Oriental but never came here. And I read an article in the Raleigh paper, that's where I was living, about kayak fishing. And I came down and went out with a guide and went kayak fishing down here. As I was walking around that weekend, my wife made a comment that if I don't, we don't get a place here, I'll die. So we ended up purchasing a second home here and, and uh, selling our place in Raleigh, and now it's, our, it's where we live full time. Oriental, North Carolina is a small town with big personality located on the inner banks of the Noose River. Here, the paddling and fishing season never ends. Uh, a lot of kayaking around here, a lot of birding around here. While we're down here fishing, they had some organized rides that were going down, and there's hundreds of bike bicycles come through here. Uh, so it's just a great place to come and relax and enjoy yourself. Year-round access to world-class fishing, cool restaurants, amazing places to stay, and a wonderful array of attractions Oriental might be the perfect place for anyone who loves fishing and the outdoors. I'm here with Jackie Wall, the chair of the uh, tourism board here in Oriental, North Carolina. You guys brought us here, hosted us. We had a wonderful time in this, this great town. I mean, what a beautiful spot. I mean, right on the water. It seems like just such a cool little place. It is. Um, we seem like a quiet little town, and in some ways on the surface we are. But it's a very involved, very active little community. So there are all kinds of civic organizations. If someone wants to do like some some research, learn more about Oriental, do you have a website? Townoforiental.com. After a great night's sleep at the River New Suites, the guys gather up their gear and get ready to hit the water. This time, their guide is local legend Dave Stewart, and he is ready to show these guys how it's done. Been knocked off the water for the last couple days, but it is grease calm this morning, so we're going after those big drum. I think today's the day. I think we're going to get them. We fished today using the DOA Lures Deadly Combo Popping Cork rig with the BMC. It's a seven alt weighted heavy gauge wide gap hook, and using one of Mark Nichols' newer rubber baits, the airhead. We rig it up on about a 18 to 24 inch leader, uh, using about 50 pound mono. Throw it out, find your areas that's got these little drops and bait running up and down it like you would do live baiting, cut baiting. Throw it out, pop it back to you and hang on. Good fish. Man, been throwing these DOAs today. That's the uh, DOA airhead on the BMC seven alt hook here, and uh, that one smoked it. I turned my head for a second, she took off with it. Really had I didn't get her all the way in, but we got her up next to the boat. So that's a strong fish. With the sun setting, the guys call it a day, knowing the pressure is on. 
They head for one last night's sleep at the River News Suites in Oriental, ready to give it one last go. This week while fishing in Oriental, North Carolina, we were targeting some really fun stripers on top water. The setup I wanted to use for that, a nice low profile reel. This is a uh, Abu Garcia Revo inshore. Um, on that reel, I was loaded up with 30 pound Seaguar Kansan braid. Then I used a short top shot, didn't really need a long one, of Seaguar fluorocarbon. We were fishing around a lot of uh, structure, logs and all that, and I just didn't want to uh, have a fish wrap on a log and then break me off. So that a little bit of extra abrasion resistance with the heavier uh, line. My go-to lure this time was a Seville Splasher, just really good top water, put out a lot of action. The rod I was using was an all-pro rod, Atlantis series in a heavy action. I'm pulling this big splasher, I need a fairly stout rod to really give that thing a good pop and then to set the hook when the fish hit it. That's what I was using here in Oriental, check it out. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by DeLorme InReach. Follow Jim Salmon's Big Game Adventure live with DeLorme InReach at kayakfishingshow.com. This kayak fishing show is brought to you by Ram Kayak Mounts, featuring a complete line of kayak mounts that reveal a world of possibilities. One of the biggest differences between a typical kayak and Jackson fishing kayaks is that fishing kayaks are designed to be extremely stable. This not only lets you fight and land big fish with confidence, but allows anglers to comfortably stand and fish. And that's what we're going to look at in this week's kayak fishing tip, brought to you by Yak Attack. Turn your kayak into the ultimate fishing machine with Yak Attack fishing accessories. For kayak fishermen, by kayak fishermen. How's it going? I'm Brooks Beatty with Jackson Kayaks out here with uh, Jim Sammons today and uh, having a blast. But I was going to give a few tips on uh, standing and fishing from a kayak. My first tip would be uh, to leave the gear at home and get out and do a little practicing, whether you got a pool in the backyard or a neighborhood pond, something you feel comfortable in, wear your PFE. You know, get out there, like I said, where you don't have to worry about losing any of your gear. Um, we have several great features on here, like the uh, the stand assist strap here, to help you pull yourself straight up. You know, and then you need to get familiar with leaning and finding the uh, the edges and the secondary stability on the boats. That's going to be a huge help. And, and you, like I said, push the limits and find where it is, especially when you have no gear in the boat. You don't have to worry about losing a rod, losing any of your, your tackle. Uh, just get a good feel for it. So, uh in our Jackson kayaks, all of our fishing models, this is something we offer. And, uh, and, and standing is obviously something, you know, use a stand assist handle to get up uh, and, and you get comfortable standing. But the hard part for a lot of people, especially when the seat is in the low position, is getting your butt down in a safe manner. And, um, and especially someone new that's not used to just getting up and down and, and, you know, understanding it, grabbing this to sit down lets you go at whatever speed you want to. And that's, uh, that's a huge benefit uh, in windy conditions or current or, or wherever you're standing at. So uh, this is good for getting up, but it's even better for getting down. All right, so- I will say right now, Brooks is a lot smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> His knees are better than ours too, aren't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do that nearly as gracefully as he does. <laughs> I literally, I get partway down and I just kind of fall into my seat. Right. The, the stand assist strap definitely, definitely helps. Because when I have to be in a boat that doesn't have one and I'm doing some standing, 
it's not it's not pretty <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not pretty but these guys you know they were used to standing up you know i've been kayak fishing forever but the whole standing up in the kayak was pretty new to me because i've always been in narrow fast boats that you don't even think about standing in so like i said when i do it, it it's it's not pretty <laughs> well, i tell you what those seats are comfortable man because we you know we fish i fished a couple of days with you guys here in oriental and Will, man, Will was, he, he made us fish hard there. And I don't know how long we were out, you know, five, six, seven, ten hours, whatever it was. And those seats were very comfortable. Yeah. From from going from the old school ocean kayak uh, backrest where you were sitting down on the plastic of the boat, basically, and you were so low. Uh, although I think paddling wise, uh, boat control wise, that's better because you're much in much more contact with the boat itself. But I don't think I could ever go back to that. I mean, once you start riding in these these higher seats, these beach chair style seats, if you will, they're so much more comfortable. Anybody can do it. And then, you know, you jump into a boat like I have, the Blue Sky, um, you know, which is so much higher up. And it's like being in a bass boat. That thing is so comfortable. It's really hard to go back to those skinny little boats uh, I mean, I love the paddle ability, but uh, comfort-wise, these things are so much nicer. So in, uh, in shallower water, like fishing down in the Keys, there's times where I actually use my paddle as as my own push-pull, and it's a, it's a quiet entryway, and, and you can just kind of, like I said, it's all about being easy and quiet in those circumstances. All right, one last uh, tip that I like to do, uh, especially in the home waters I fish where it's rivers and in the current, you're moving a lot, and you just need to get your nose turned to make the right cast under some trees or something like that. Is that actually take my rod tip swoop it in the water and it'll it'll give you just enough turn to make the the right angle you want without without having to bend down and pick up your paddle and it's just a quick easy way to to move the the nose of the boat so you can make this the uh the cast you want i'm brooks Beatty with jackson kayaks and uh it's my kayak fishing tip of the week it's been an amazing three days with afternoon winds blowing them off the water they haven't been able to nail down any of the big reds they've hooked However, today the water is like glass and it's time to change all that. I'm not seeing the bait as much as what we had yesterday, but there's plenty of bait out here. And usually the bait don't show till about the time the sun gets up anyway. <laughs> Smoking some line off. Oh, came on, so, yeah, when the weather was right, you know, when, when I remember that. <laughs> and had protective water. I mean, there, was, there. there were good fish and good, yep. strong fish. I mean, I hooked that one. Unfortunately, mine just, for whatever reason, just came unbuttoned yep. mysteriously. Yep. But, uh, I mean, I, I can see the appeal because yep. when they blow up on that, uh, DOA popping cork. Yeah, mean, that was, yeah that was we, we were hit. fishing uh, 30 pound, 20, 30 pound braid just on our regular trout rods. I mean, a little bit of heavier trout rods. We had a DOA using a popping cork, a DOA bait, two foot leader on it, had that, that Seeger 50 pound leader on the back of it, and we're just popping them. And then, uh, so when they blew up, they were a foot below the surface. So you got to see the swirl, and next thing you know, you're, you know, fish on and they're tugging. You're, you're going for a sleigh ride. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, of course, it was 12 hours on the water. 
yeah. a bazillion casts. I don't want to see a popping cork for a really long time. I, I got popping cork. You got <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some for Christmas. Yeah, but that was such a fun <laughs> way to fish. I mean, it is. It, to, to see those blow ups. I mean, that yeah. was the thing. Yeah. What we got right here, we got it uh, right outside of Oriental. Got an old drum. This is the uh, this is the uh, spawning stock that comes in here during the summertime. Probably about a 40 inch old drum, male. I can hear I can hear it. Uh, I can hear it uh, drumming in here. As a traveling angler, sometimes it can be a little bit confusing now that there are a lot of marine protected areas all over the country. Uh, a great tool to carry with me on my phone is the app Fish Alerts. It has the marine protected areas marked in all over the country. So if I'm going to an area, I'm just not sure where I'm allowed to fish. I can bring up Fish Alerts, look at it, and it's going to have a detailed map of the protected areas. It's also got some other really cool features like um, I can take a picture through the through that app. I wonder if that app still exists. To my Facebook <laughs> page or to my friends or to whatever else. Fish Alerts, it's a really cool free app. You can find them on Facebook and you can also find them at fishalerts.com. Spawning stock that comes in here during the summertime. Probably about a 40 inch old drum. This amazing trip to North Carolina comes to a close with yet another big fish story to tell. Special thanks to Bobby Brewer and the people of Oriental North Carolina. To learn more about this wonderful town or to book your trip, make sure to head to townoforiental.com. Well, there we go. Um, like I said, I, lo I love going back and watching these old episodes. It brings back a lot of memories. Um, and, you know, fishing with you guys and, you know, fishing with three different guides who all had different ways of fishing uh i said I, I remember that specifically though at the end of the trip going man i don't want to see another whopper plopper in a really long time <laughs> or not whopper plopper uh pop and cork pop and yeah. cork but um for those who people who don't know what a pop and cork is all about what 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 is the the idea behind the pop and cork yeah, so, so the water we're fishing here is brackish. So it's like fishing in iced tea or tea. It's about the color of tea. And so the so the fish needs we, – we use that to pull in the fish. So when you have the, you have the cork, whether it's a foam or whether it's a hard plastic or something, and and I don't have one here in my, in my desk with me, but I'll show it. But, but basically it has a, a metal shaft that goes up and down, and there's balls on each side of it. So we have a lot of shrimp here. So when shrimp swim, they actually make a clicking sound. And those balls, those brass balls, when they hit, they click. So it, it kind of try to emulate what the shrimp are doing. And then when you pop it, basically what you're doing is there's the there's a concave mouth, just like on the splasher, and it throws up water. And it and also what kind of says that there's bait fish scooting across the top. So bait, so we use those to to draw the fish in to us. So yeah, so it does a splash, it does a clack, and mm -hmm. then it. You have down below it you have your whether it's a shrimp or whatever. a soft plastic or or whatever behind it yeah. um yeah so you know if you're out there i mean it's it's clack clack pause clack clack pause. i mean whatever it was it's like 
But when the fishing's slow, you're doing a lot of that over the course of a yeah. long day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, it, and it's it can get tiring, man. It can really get tiring. And that's why we trade out and we'll do some top water. We'll do some hard baits or something. Then we'll go back to the popping court. But it's effective. It works. We've got a lot of fisher with it. Uh, well, you know, I've been to a lot of places on the East Coast. And we don't see those here at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but you go to a lot of places on the East Coast and every boat you see going out has, has, been there. <laughs> has popping corks. Uh, yeah. rigged on their rods so yeah. it's obviously um, obviously a, a way that uh, is very effective or it wouldn't be so popular over there uh, Ron Kai hello how far out in the ocean can these ocean kayaks paddle out well it it it, it does have to do with the boat to a certain extent you know you want the right kayak for going out in the ocean but it has a lot more to do with your abilities and the conditions so we basically have a saying, never paddle out farther than you can paddle back in bad weather because it's easy to paddle offshore five miles, but paddling back five miles, if you're all of a sudden having to go into a headwind and chop and all that and current, if you're new to it, can be a really, really long way, particularly if you're not in the right boat. So, um, you know, know your abilities have the right equipment, you know, always wearing a PFD, uh, but build up to it. You know, you don't, don't make your first trip out on a kayak. If you're, you know, you're going out there paddling that, you know, Hey, guys are going out five miles. If you've never paddled five miles, paddling five miles will kick your butt. Paddling back five miles is going to wear your butt out because you've already done the five miles out. Now you got to paddle back five miles and you're already tired and the conditions have gone sideways on you. So I have paddled out, just straight out paddled out from shore over eight miles, um, cover 25 miles in a day. Um, and that's paddling, I, you know, I, I'm not pedaling. So, but I've been paddling kayaks for since the late eighties. <laughs> so, you know, I've got that muscle, muscle memory. I know how to do it. So, uh, build up to it. And also say, if you're kind of new to it, you need to understand the wind because you want to start the trip into the wind not downwind because you don't right. want to turn around and have to sit, paddle back into the wind. Man. It's a lot easier to return home downwind. Yeah, we always say that too. Paddle in into the current, into the uh, prevailing wind. So <laughs> at least, you know, you don't want to have, like I said, you, you try to avoid that paddling back into current paddling. I mean, sometimes it's unavoidable. That's why you have to know your limitations, you know, um, uh, Mike Callis says, like to see a picture next time, Jim. Oh, of a popping cork. Um, uh, I know I don't have any, so I don't have any here with me right now. Um, I might be able to, I could share screen. Let's see if I can find a picture really quick. Look up blabbermouth, blabbermouth dot, and just see if that'll pop up. Well, I'm just, I just. Google pop and cork. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That'll work. So go back to share screen. I need to move it. <laughs> share screen. The heck 
just happened. There it is. There you go. So there is a pop of cork. Um, let me see if I can. That's really odd. It didn't. Anyway, anyway, what Jim's doing that, if you look at the cork, you'll see this particular one is a, a DOA and it's a styrofoam, kind of a heavy styrofoam cork. And you see the metal, the 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 wire shaft that goes that runs through it. And then you got a bead on each side of it. So on the on the, the narrow end of it, on the left end of it, that's where we'll tie the the bait, the leader that goes down to the bait, whatever you're using. And, you know, 18 inches, 24 inches, whatever you want to do there. And then on the top is where you tie it to your to your um, to your main line, and as you and as you pop it, as you pull it, that um, that that wire goes through it, and those two beads on each side start clicking. And, and you couldn't see it from that picture, but it's a concave face on the fat end of that of that uh, cork, and that's what the the just like a popper, just like a splasher. That shows it a little better. Yeah, and and that's what throws out the that's what throws it out. So when you pop it, let's just say you got a two foot leader. When you pop it, what happens? The bait comes up kind of almost to the surface, and then you kind of hesitate, like Jim was saying, two, three, four seconds, whatever it is, and then the bait falls. And then when the bait falls, that's usually when the when the fish is going to hit you at that point. So the key is don't keep popping it constantly. Pop it once or twice or whatever. And then wait two, three, four seconds. You want the bait to be able to fall down before you pop it again. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see those beads on either end. So, that gives you that clacking sound. Mm -hmm. The front of it is scooped. Uh, they don't have another picture of it. But the front of it is scooped. And that's what throws the water like a popper. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and you get a, there's all kinds of different ones. Some will have a longer wire. Uh, some will have more brass beads. This is, looks like it has glass beads. Um, like I said that one's using a, a DOA shrimp. So like I said, that thing will kind of fall down and guys will use live shrimp underneath yeah. them. So uh, I, this time of year, I'm using live shrimp and live Manhattan as far as underneath my popping corks because they're, they're here now. So I use, I use a lot of bait under mine right now. And it's just all a matter of just bringing making a little ruckus on the surface, particularly in that dirtier water um, that will attract the fish. So I know they're very effective. You know, um, I know some guys we fish with that will resort to the popping cork because they know it's going to work when nothing else is working. You, know, you have other stuff you prefer to throw, whether it's a walk the dog type of stuff, you, you just prefer throwing it. It's more fun. Uh, but if that's not working, it's like they break out the pop of cork. <laughs> yeah. There was. Uh, what about mother? I'm going to guess that's mother ship. Is that Jay Sanders? My friend from New Zealand. Jay, I have no problem with mother shipping. Uh, if it's going to take me out to the fish where we can fish. Um Particularly, let's. I want to do that in New Zealand. So set it up, um, Ron. I appreciate the answer. I have friends that fish with Hobies, and I've always wanted to tag along the ocean. But they said I would struggle without a Mirage Drive. Not true. <laughs> um, I'm a paddler, and paddling is actually more efficient than the pedal drive. Uh, but it's about having. It's got to be in the right kayak. You know, um, an ocean a, a kayak that's made for being offshore, like the Jackson. Uh, Kraken or, or the um, 
you know, any of the longer, faster boats. Um, the guys in uh, South Africa, I mean, they're using basically big surf skis, uh, very fast, long, narrow paddling kayaks, and they go uh, that are made to handle the surf. So, you know, I said, I prefer paddling. If you're, but paddling is, you have to know how to paddle properly. Paddling is a full body motion. It is a torso rotation. If you watch in a, like an Olympic sprinter paddler, they're they're cranking their legs to get their torso rotation going. It, you know, it, the problem is you go out and see most people are paddling a kayak. They're paddling with their arms like this, and that's a very small muscle group. You have to use your whole body. That is the key. Learn how to paddle properly, and you can paddle all day because you are using all those muscle groups. You're not using just your arms. You're not using just your legs. You're using everything. Um, Michael Callow, thanks. Wow, something different. Love it would work on our fish for sure. You know, I've always said that I would like to try the palpin cork over here, but I've just never done it. And I know I've got some around, or I used to. But uh, I think what happened to mine is I, I had some soft plastics that laid next to the foam. And chemically... No, Chemically, they didn't like each other. Um, Jay says he'd love to have us over to New Zealand. Also asks if I'm still using a bench shaft paddle. Yes, I am. I use the uh, Werner Callista crankshaft. Um, so, yes, it's uh, a little easier on the elbows and wrists. So uh, we've actually run a little over time, Bobby. I really appreciate you coming on here uh, one more time. Somebody wants to talk to you. Look you up at baldheadedbobby.com, right? That's it, man. And, you know, Jim, hopefully we'll see you at ICAST one of these days whenever they have them again. Yeah, we ever get that going again for sure. Um, so you're guiding. I mean, this is your gig now. You're guiding full-time. Yeah, yeah, full-time. It's, um, you know, actually I've kind of grown it. I actually have different guys that take trips for me now too. So it's done, awesome. I'm done, it's done pretty well. Awesome. Well, good for you, man. So, uh Again, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. All right, buddy. See you, man. Take care. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. Remember, we are here every Tuesday and Thursday and sometimes other days. But every Tuesday and Thursday with these uh, old episodes of the show, uh, please do us a favor and share our page. Uh, share our YouTube channel with your friends. You know, it's always trying to grow that. and. You know, the bigger we can make this, the more sponsors we can get, the more trips we can do, uh, the more programs we can do. So without any further ado, I hope you have a good day. If you are going out on the water, please remember to always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. You take care. Yeah.